0: Alright, what is going on everybody? Welcome back to another day of Sabre Sims DFS office hours. It is Friday, February 24th of 2023 here. uh, February, end of February is coming up on us pretty quickly. Gonna be March, gonna have preseason baseball, and then soon enough we will have opening day of baseball. So, Lot of DFS action on the horizon, still got plenty of DFS to play today. And you know, in the immediate future, we got a nine-game uh NHL slate today, and then we also have a six-game hockey slate. So it should be a lot of fun today. Looking forward to uh, or I'm sorry, actually a eight-game NBA slate today, and then a uh six-game hockey slate. We got uh MMA this weekend we got NASCAR this weekend I know there is league of legends going on so playing DFS for those of you who are new here welcome my name is Andrew one of the coaches over here at SaberSim this is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app answer any and all DFS related questions that you guys might have you can post questions live in the YouTube chat if you're just joining in have questions or you can post questions 24 7 over in the office hours channel In our Discord server, that is where I suggest people put their questions throughout the day as things come up, as ideas or questions pop in their head while they're building their lineups, throw them in the Office Hours channel, and then we will get to them on the the next show. We do the show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. You can find me here. But that being said, going to get Saberson pulled up here. Not a lot of questions to get us going today. So if you guys have questions, now is a great time to get them in. As always, going to start with this first one here from Snowman. And Snowman asked this in the Discord. Question is, uh, baseball play or not? Wait until opening day? Question mark. So uh, just full disclosure, we do not have projections for spring training. Uh, Spring training is a highly... Uh unknown volatile kind of time. You don't know how many at bats position players are gonna get. You don't know, you know, how many innings they're gonna play. You don't know how many pitches uh these these pitchers are on, you know, what what are what are the bullpen schedules, how many guys are getting some innings in. Uh, so it could it, it could be like pretty crazy. So we are not gonna have uh projections for spring training. We will have projections for baseball once opening day comes. So to answer your question you know, wait until opening day and, uh, be, be ready for it. But I'm looking forward to baseball season myself there. Uh, so that, that is our only question to get us going today. I am going to uh, pull up the NBA injury report and see what we got going on for injuries today. I like uh, doing this first look with you guys. It is a, uh, it's a, it's, you know, it's not, it's not touting. It. it is my way of saying like, Hey, this, these are where I would, uh, exercise caution or or uh maybe look into as the day goes on and kind of keep my eyes on specific situations throughout the day. So I'm going to pull up my screen here, going to pull up the basketball monster news dashboard here. And I see a question from Liam uh so we we will get through this segment and then we will jump over to Liam's question here. But uh looking at the NBA injury report, Mitchell Robinson has been out for quite some time. Uh will be interesting to have him back. I don't know if his salary has decreased in in the time that he's gone. We'll often see that you know player salaries will uh, depress throughout the year as as they uh, do not play, etc. It looks like he's still at about fifty two hundred on DraftKings specifically. So not not the worst. Will be interesting. You know, keep your eyes out for news that he's going to be on a on a minutes limit. I'd say anybody who's usually coming back from injury uh, for oh, after being out for an extended period of time is. um highly likely to have some type of minutes limit, but that being said, you know, on the dashboard, we could like hover over this questionable and we could see what the injury was. Right. So here it's a fractured right thumb. I I'm, a, I'm going to assume he's right-handed. So, you know, might have uh, some type of, like, you know, it's not a leg injury, you know, it's not like a cardio thing. So there's, there's less of a risk for minutes limit here, but it is probably his shooting hand uh, rebounding hand. So, Maybe they'll exercise some caution with him at first, Uh, but there's a chance that he doesn't have a minutes limit tonight. So something to keep an eye on. Bradley Beal is obviously a a big name, important to know if he is playing or not. Luckily, all this news that we're talking about for this uh, Knicks-Washington game will be out prior to lock. Chey Osmond coming off the bench, not too important, especially playing behind Karis LeVert there. Uh, Tureen Prince, another name that I wouldn't be too worried about. Ben Simmons can definitely be important here. Uh, We'll be good to know if Ben Simmons is playing or not campaign to a lesser extent. I think that KD is still out and I think that uh, Devin Booker and Chris Paul are playing regularly here. So campaign, you know, only projected for 15 minutes. So, so not somebody I am too concerned about Uh, Ben Simmons. It looks like we have like a half projection for him at the moment um i i would be interested to see if he's coming off of the bench with dinwiddie and and bridges here and and cam johnson so i i think he is still playing like that six man role here um also might be vying for time behind cam thomas too so definitely a situation to look into you know is it important is it not the bigger question is you know if he sits you know does somebody like cam thomas get extra minutes and uh you know could you do some type of late swap scenario where you give cam thomas some extra point projections and then you know figure out if ben simmons gets ruled in or ruled out and then determine whether or not to uh dial that back uh what i like to do is like if i'm if i'm you know uh in a a late swap scenario where i'm trying to optimize for late swap you know this game is kind of like right in the middle of the slate kind of a good opportunity to optimize for some late swap edge so like Let's say I do research and I don't know if this is true or not, but let's say you know if Ben Simmons sits, I think Cam Thomas is going to play a lot more. Up play a lot more. We've seen Cam Thomas like uh, go on crazy runs and, and get crazy high scores by just shooting the ball a ton, right? So we know that that is an option for him. Let's say that a scenario where okay, if Ben Simmons sits, I think Cam Thomas is going to get more minutes. What I will do if I want to optimize for that pre-lock is just come in here and boost Cam Thomas's projection to a point where he is showing up in my lineups more often and then let's say ben simmons gets ruled out now that the builder knows that the builder can go in and run a sim or run sims and figure out uh what cam thomas's projection should be so at that point i would just reset my projection that i've uh adjusted and then roll with the builder's projection from there but by artificially inflating the projection before the slate starts i can kind of uh work him into some lineups that way when the opportunity does come there are going to be plenty of salary plenty of lineup positions that he is eligible for to get in those spots much easier right so a lot of times like if you don't optimize for late swap uh, what could happen is like somebody who you might want to roster at 80 percent, you can only get them into like 40 percent of your lineups right because of uh because of the salary and lineup positional eligibility requirements uh, that that might already be taken up by other players that started. So that's one important reason for trying to think about late swap prior to a slate starting and kind of have some idea of where you might want to uh, get some more exposure to players. If an opportunity does ultimately uh, open itself up, but that is going through uh, Brooklyn here, not too concerned about campaign. And then not too concerned about KZ Oak Paula. So those are our questionables. And then to see who is out today. Uh Kyle Lowry has been out. Nothing uh too concerning there. I know John Collins is out with that uh concussion-like symptoms, uh, not like the highest, I would say like producing player on the the Hawks. So I don't I don't think it's gonna make too big of a of an impact here. Uh, we, we might see uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich move into the starting lineup. Might see more, some more Sadiq Bey, so maybe something to look into. Uh, you know, they did make some moves around the trade deadline, so team is a little a little fresh with uh with Sadiq Bey on the team with John Collins out. Maybe there's some opportunity there. Something to look into. And then scrolling down here, uh, we do have Jalen Green and Kevin Porter out for Houston. I did see Houston's ownership projections were popping today. So, you know, we're seeing like Tari Eason, 23% Jason Tate, 39% Josh Christopher, 29% Ty Ty Washington. So a lot of ownership probably going to go to Houston today. I would uh, probably be open to playing four players from Houston in my lineups. I know a lot of people are setting some type of rule where it's like, you know, use no more than three from one team. Uh, I would run a build with that off and see, you know, how much of, these houston players you're getting and then you know this is like one of those scenarios where if you are running the rule what you can do is you could uh set manual rules and then erase the rule for houston and just kind of uh let that one team be the exception to the rule i think that's you know a fine option here so so we're actually not seeing four houston's but i would be okay with that ultimately we're seeing a lot of uh seeing a lot of three houston's here so 25 percent uh stacks with three houston players but no four stacks with uh no no houston four stacks is what i was trying to say there so you know kind of what i'm talking about here is like if you go into your lineup rules you go to add new rule a lot of people do a group automatic and they'll u- do use no more than three and then they'll group this by team here uh what you can do is you can save this as a manual rule and then save as 16 manual rules it'll create a rule for each team on the slate you can uh, click this drop down, and then you can go in and adjust the rule for different teams. So maybe, you know, for Houston, I want to open this up to four. I can manually adjust this and then I'm going to change the name too. So it reflects Mm -hmm. it as well. And then now it's three players for every team, but the exception is uh, greater or less than or equal to four for Houston now. So that's one way to make exceptions for certain scenarios in the Mm -hmm. app. But, that is uh, all of the things that I am looking out for as we get closer to lock throughout the day. So I hope you guys enjoy that as always going to jump back here. looks like we have two questions that came in, in the YouTube chat. Thank you guys for the questions. And if anybody has any more, I would appreciate them. All right. Liam said, hi, Andrew for League of legends. Do you have any advice on avoiding dupes? I'm building for a higher contest size than I am actually playing in. And I still get as many as 15 to 20 dupes uh yeah so really good question here so let's jump over to league i think there is a uh lcs coming up here at uh 5 p.m eastern so what what it sounds like liam is doing he's like hey you know uh maybe i'm playing like a three max one to ten thousand entrance what i'm doing to try and get more different is i'm basically building on on a, a bigger contest setting which is going to increase the slider settings in a way to one have more ownership fade to increase sim diversity and ultimately try and get more different from the field i think that's a great approach and uh you know to take it a step further if if that's not working right what do you kind of do from there i think a good option is to experiment with some ownership type rules uh you know what one that we talk about a lot you know League, i think it's like a seven person team if if i'm correct here you have like a captain and then you have um like six other positions if if i'm if i'm right i've, I've been dabbling in, in league a little bit uh trying to get more familiar with it myself here so let's see okay lineups are building uh I'll, i'm just gonna run with these 200 lineups that we just built here i gotta make two projection adjustments so we can open these up. So you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. So you do have seven total uh, positions here. And then as far as uh, players, total, let's see how many players we have. So about. So we have seven there. Uh, the the field is pretty large here. Just like my best guess here. Uh, what one way to like check to see how many players are available in the player pool is hit this download button. It'll download like our CSV, which is all of this table data in a in a file where you can like actually see it. So one thing I will do is that I will just download that file and then you can go into, you know, Excel or, or, or you know, Google Sheets or something like that. And then you can just highlight all the players' names. So I just did that really quickly and I was able to determine that there are 118 players that have a projection for this slate. So... You know, usually like on the showdown side, uh, we're, we're, we're closer to like 40-ish, 50-ish players, uh, more or less. And then, you know, when we talk about like golf, where you probably don't need to optimize for ownership as much is when, you know, they have these like 150 to 160 golfer fields. So we're kind of like in between both of those. Uh, I think it can still be, uh, you know, important to consider, especially if you're feeling the effects, right? Something that I've like told a lot of people, is, uh, you know, don't, don't worry about dupes until you need to worry about dupes, right? So if you were like, hey I'm just going to kind of go in, play the optimals, play the best plays uh, based on the sims, right? And then, you know, you start to notice that you're getting duped, you know, 15 to 20 times, like Liam's saying here, like, okay, now it's time to do something, right? And and now this is the time, like, don't do it beforehand, you know, wait till you get to that moment where you have that realization and then uh, where do you go from there, right? So I, I would experiment with some type of geometric mean rule here. Uh, we, we have a lot of documentation. If you go over to our help docs uh, I, I did a video myself walking through, uh, you know, what is product ownership? What is geo mean? How do you use them in the app and uh, which, which is easier to use? So if you go over, you know, you go to settings, you go to help, and then you go over to our uh, sabersim.com support slash support. You go to view more in the frequently asked questions. It'll take you to a library. And then you can just type in the top geometric means like this is exactly what I would recommend for you, Liam, is go to this. How do ownership product and ownership geometric mean work? Uh, I did this video here. It's about five minutes long. Walks through an example of, you know, what, what they are, how they work and how to apply them in the app, both in the lineup rules. And then if you are on the pro plan, how to apply it as a custom metric and how to work it into uh, some of your metrics here. So I would check out that video and uh, probably go with some type of Geo mean rule here based on the contest that you're playing. So you're basically going to, you know, uh, do a Geo mean rule based on the largest uh, field contest that you have. So if you have like a, you know, 5,000 entry contest and a 10,000 entry contest, you're probably going to build a Geo mean rule based on the 10,000 entry contest, but uh, highly recommend, check it out. This video here, I'm going to actually drop the link in the YouTube chat and uh, give this a watch and uh, see if you can apply it to your process. But uh, you know, when, when it comes down to dupes, I think product ownership and geometric mean are a great tool. I think one thing I do not mention in that video, it, and and this is something that, that I do regularly is I set a, uh, a like ownership floor so basically what can happen is, you know, let me do this. I'm going to, I'm going to do a uh, filter for uh, my projection greater than zero to get rid of these players that are not playing. We got to hide them. And then what I will do is if you use geometric mean rules, they're very sensitive to uh, ownerships that are like 0.16, 0.47, like it's a multiplication problem, Right. So if if you were to play any of these guys here, FlyQuest, Counterlogic, where their ownership is zero, like your geometric means going to be zero, right? So so what I will do is I will go in and set an a ownership floor. So maybe I, I change all of these guys to 2% ownership. And so I could come in here and I could do that in the app, or I could do it, um, I can download the CSV, which which I showed you guys how to do, download. And then you could download it. You could, uh, you know, do it a lot easier in Excel. You just put it in like two for one player and then you put it in two for the next player. And then you could drag those up or down however you see fit. And then that will uh, adjust the ownership projections quicker. And then you just come back and re-upload that CSV. So you save it, you re-upload it, and then it will change all of the player's ownerships for you much quicker. But I would just set like some type of ownership floor to make the calculation more reliable here. So if you were like, hey, you know, I'm going to change everybody's ownership who is below uh, 2% owned up to 2 then now you can only benefit from that happening because uh, the players were expected to be lower owned. So they could, they're they basically only going to come in lower than what you're setting them because you're inflating your their ownership. But it's also like kind of standardizing your geometric mean calculation uh, so the geometric means do not get, you know, so low. So this is something I like to do regularly. This is something I'll do uh, for for showdowns specifically like when i'm playing nfl showdown i'll do this like for my captains i'll do this for my utility players i also think that this logic can be applied to league of legends for for any time you're setting some type of geo mean rule uh always better to set a floor for ownership there's actually a something i learned from matt matt mentioned this in one of the pro videos another great reason to be on the pro plan to get that pro exclusive content he mentioned it there he's mentioned it in the pro discord uh with people, you know, asking questions and, and, uh, feedback and comments on the video. So this is a idea I got from him. I think it's a great idea. And, um, so it is something I use regularly. Liam said, thanks. I'll try that. Awesome. All right. Franklin said, how do you set a rule for only having a player, only playing a player on a team with over 40 points and not his teammate that has the same points? Yeah. Great question. So let's go over to NBA. Um, You know, this is kind of what the owner. This is kind of what the correlation slider is doing. Uh, We we talk about it a lot. I think a great example. What's a good one for tonight? Um, I'm trying to think of two teams that have kind of a uh, two players above. Okay, maybe we can look at maybe we could uh, DeRozan here. So let's look at DeRozan. Let's see who his highest negative correlations are. So that would be Claxton, uh Vujicis. Not not exactly what I'm looking for. I was kind of looking for like the uh the Luca Kyrie example that we that we did like a week or two ago. So I'm gonna go back to yesterday's slate where I know that those two played. Uh Luka and Kyrie, right? Both over 40 points here. So let's look at Luka's correlations. His highest negative correlation is to Kyrie Irving. Uh that's because you know they're both kind of shooter types. If if one's shooting, the other can't be shooting, and that hurts one of their points ultimately, there, right? So the correlation slider is going to account for this, right? Because the correlation slider does not, it's its like an absolute slider, right? It doesn't care if it's positive or negative. It just cares about, you know, how high the correlations are in one direction or another. So the higher the correlation slider, the less likely you are to get two players that are negatively correlated in a lineup together. But also if you wanted to just handle this with a rule, what I would do is I would go to add new rule. I would go to group rule, I would go to automatic, and then I would say use no more than one player group by team, and then I would add a stat requirement, and then I would say requirement is my projection greater than 40, and then I'm going to say this as an, a manual rule so we can go in and look at this. So it looks like there are 13 scenarios where this is true across the slate here, and I'm going to go into this Dallas one because that's the one we're talking about, so what, what the rule is going to do is it is going to analyze every single team where this statement is true and then create a rule for it. So it's going to grab Kyrie and Luka and then say use no more than one. And then, you know, for Sacramento here, it's going to grab De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis and then uh, grab those two guys, right? So if you want to do it like kind of fast, quick and dirty, I think this is the best way to do it. Um, the reason I would suggests increasing the correlation slider prior to doing this rule is kind of for this like chicago example from today that we just talked about although vujicic and DeRozan are um both over like both right around slash over 40 points here DeRozan's at 39.83 so i'm just going to round up there uh their their correlations aren't terrible to each other here Uh, we can see that DeRozan is minus 0.04 to Vujicic, and he actually has uh higher negative correlations to other players prior to that. Not by much, but but some, but like I, I wouldn't be opposed to playing these two players together. I think it kind of comes down to like a positional thing. You know, DeRozan is a small forward slash power forward, uh, somebody who's shooting the ball a lot, and then Vujicic is a center, so you know. They can, they can have a lot of pick and rolls. They, they could have, you know, DeRozan misses. Vujicic can get an offensive rebound, right? So I think there's a lot of ways that these two specific players in this specific scenario uh, can can be used in lineups more than two players like Luka and Kyrie. So uh, the best way to avoid the negative correlations is not by like this hard and fast rule because that's ultimately what you're kind of guarding against in this scenario. So I, I, I would experiment with increasing the correlation slider and uh, not applying the rule and then going from there. But I think that, you know, you can could, you could do it either way. If you want that peace of mind, just do the rule and forget about it. Or you could try it with uh, increasing the correlation slider. But really good question, Franklin. All right. Uh, 2G2Great here has a question. And this is our last question at the moment. If anybody has any more questions, now is a great time to get them in. Question says, once you run the optimizer with build setting sliders, how do you know what the best lineups to play for main slate or showdowns? Really good question here. So it really all comes down to the sorting method that you're using, right? Uh, The default method is SaberScore. It is our own in-house algorithm that we use to grade lineups based on correlation, ownership fade, and upside. What SaberScore is doing is it is using the slider settings for the contest as inputs to the algorithm. So the way that you should grade contests for a small field single entry tournament is different than the way you should grade, I'm sorry, not grade contests. The way you should grade lineups for a single entry small field tournament is different than the way you should grade lineups for a large field 150 max. So as the as the sliders change, as correlation moves up or down, as ownership fade moves up or down, same for sim diversity, the algorithm is adjusting based on the sliders so that is how you know what when one lineup might be good for one contest but is not good for another for a different contest uh saber score is taking that into account based on the slider settings so that's why it's important to input what type of contest you're playing so saber score can have the right inputs what saber score is ultimately doing is it is trying to approximate the ev of these lineups saying if we were to run this slate you know a hundred thousand times we think that this lineup up at the top would do the best and then you know it it grades it descending here so this is our own in-house out um lineup sorting method we offer other sorting methods and we also offer the ability to build your own sorting metrics in the pro plan so our default ones are saver score we also offer percentiles this is just like the raw upside of the lineup here so if you want to see uh what the lineups percentiles are what happens is the lineup gets built and then uh we look at how this lineup did across our sim database and then create uh a a histogram for that lineup with percentiles here so you can hover see all of the percentiles for the lineup here and then um so that that's percentiles we offer different ranges of percentiles we offer just raw projected score we offer ownership which is some ownership we offer salary and then uh, all these other ones down here are ones that i have built myself using custom metrics so this Geo mean one, I use it as like a summary statistic, you know, not, I want to see the sum ownership of a lineup, but I also want to see the Geometric mean of these lineups at times, right? So I have it as like a summary statistic. Uh, this is one where we were, uh, we were practicing, you know, how to uh, get familiar with custom metrics. And what I always suggest to users is that if you don't know how to use custom metrics, you want to learn how to use it, rebuild the ones that are already here so you can have something to check against right so for me we were building this my sum ownership one and we were able to rebuild it correctly here so i actually don't need it at the moment but i would always uh suggest users do that and then um we had saber score rank here which it, which was another one that we were practicing on so there are ways to you know build your own metrics in our pro content jordan has a video talking about a custom metric that he uses that he uh built and has like a spreadsheet for it that tries to adjust the metric you're using based on contest size i think it's really sharp and uh another great reason to be on the pro plan is you know you get access to some of these concepts where we are challenging dfs theory and 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 trying to go a step further so that is a great video by jordan i would recommend it to anybody there all right franklin said On the main slate for NBA, is it best to use the geometric rule or the saber projection ownership that I learned from the pro videos? Uh, So, yeah, so I would say that, you know, on these large classic slates, I don't love geometric mean. It can be very touchy. Uh, It's going to be hard to manage the ownerships for this many players. So I don't know how many players are on this um, slate, but, you know, you could imagine like probably you could say eight players per team. And there are 16 teams, so then, you know, you do uh, 16 times 8, and I'm just saying, like, 8 viable players per team that, like, actually have a projection that, that you might want to play. So, like, 128-ish players here that you might be willing to play. Um, so, I, I you know, in, in Jordan's video, he uses average, and I think that average on main slates does make a lot of sense because if you do end up playing players that are – really low owned here uh you could run into some issues with your rules and, and they might not be as as effective there so you know we have a we have a plenty of players zero percent owned that are above you know seven projected points we, we could even go higher here so basically any of these players in your lineup is going to make your geo mean zero this is why i think average is better and and uh i i think that jordan was definitely onto something by using average for these uh classic slate custom metric geo mean type rules there so or or ownership rules not geo mean, but ownership rules for classic slates i think average is probably a good start uh 2g2gray said thanks does the 89.99 uh doesn't have it yeah so the 89.99 does not have the custom metrics what you could do is you could create uh aggregate rules before the build so if you want to do something here that's like a uh you know a, my ownership we, we do offer average geometric mean product uh, lineup-based rules that you could put in prior to running the build that will still be able to uh, apply it. It just won't be able to apply it as like a filter or a lineup sorting method. Franklin said, so what's the best sport to use the geometric mean uh, like MMA and showdowns only? So so I kind of, my, my own opinion here, uh, I think that showdowns and two-game slates are probably the best places to use geometric mean rules. And when I say showdowns, I'm also including uh league of legends. I'm also including NASCAR. I'm also including MMA and I'm probably including golf, like, well, golf showdown, not, not golf classic, but, but anytime you're going to need, like if, if you're going to need an optimal, i would say like some hard and fast rules. If you're going to need an optimal to win, I think geometric mean is good. And then, if you are in any type of like showdown format, uh, even if you do not need the optimal, I still think Geo mean is good. So showdown formats, sports where you need an optimal, and then probably two game slays, I think makes sense to use Geometric mean, but really good question there, Franklin. All right. Uh, Looks like that was our last question. Appreciate everybody tuning in. And if you guys have questions over the weekend, throw them in the Office Hours channel. We'll be right back on Monday for our Monday show, 2 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. And uh, until then, good luck and take care. I will see you all then. Bye.